Howdy friends, I'm Kaylee Wilpink, a small town country girl from Arizona who's landed in the big city of Los Angeles, California. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Cowgirl in LA. Come along as I share the lessons that I've learned along the way and as I continue to figure out who the fuck I am and where the fuck I fit in. It's a messy wild ride, so strap in. Howdy friends, welcome to this week's episode of Cowgirl Delay. I'm joined by the one, the only, Penny. Hello. (laughs) Penny was one of my very first friends that I met in LA. And we met through Yomi Circle. Uh, When I first moved to LA, I was like, where am I going to find friends? And I like found Yomi Circle and I was like, these are going to be my people. I know it. I went to a party and Penny was there and we were like, we should go get matcha. And then as LA fashion, we like didn't hang out for six months. Like we would text, we'd be like, we should hang out. Yeah, we should. And then like, finally, we just like, I don't know. We, how did we end up hanging out? We got together with another friend that we met at the party that night. Oh yeah. I don't remember what we did. Oh, we just got dinner. Yeah, or something. And then in December, I was like, I should text that girl Kaylee. Mm-hmm. Like, she was really interesting and smart. Yeah. And then, were you in town for the holidays? I was. You know what? I think actually happened. I got my longboard and I like posted yes. a story because I was like, I'm going to teach myself <laughs> how to longboard. And Penny was like, I'm looking for skater friends and I'm like I'm not a skater but like I'd love to skate with you and I was anyways so yeah I think that was the that was the first time that we like hung out and it was New Year's Eve yeah and I came over to your place you lived in Sautel yeah like a few blocks from a place that I lived in very briefly and I thought I'd be there for a couple hours and we would just skate and chill and we ended up hanging out for like eight hours. Yeah. Sitting on your balcony. It was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. Because we were like, we like by the end of the night, we were like, well, I guess it's time to go to bed. Like we're living in in LA and people are like getting ready to go party. And Penny and I were just like, well, it's been a good day. Let's get home and get to bed by 9 p.m. Yeah. And we did. We did. It was great. And that first day of the year just, like, marks the start of our friendship. We've only known each other since, like, the beginning of the year. Since, what, like, 10 months? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. And it was funny because when you were introducing me, you were like, she's one of the first friends I made in L.A. I met her through Yoni Circle. It's like, I feel like I've known you for so long, but actually... I met you and we didn't get together for six months. And yeah. I've been friends for less than a year, which blows yeah. my mind. I know. Like, I feel like we became friends really quickly. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But of course we would because Yomi Circle. Yeah. We have shared values and shit. Yeah. But even that first day we hung out, we were sitting on the balcony in your old apartment and you were like, I think I might want to start a podcast. I don't know I have all these ideas and (laughs) I like to talk and then you did it 
I just very soon after. I, yeah, I just yeah. like did it. Yeah. And you like supported me the whole way through. Oh yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you. Uh, and we like tried to record an episode. Oh yeah. And it for some reason we just it didn't work. I think it was because I was new at podcasting. Mm-hmm. We were kind of overthinking it, I think. Yeah, and I think it was like your second or third episode. Yeah. Also, we went in planning to talk about a certain subject yeah. and it felt like I was giving a PowerPoint presentation yeah. or something, just like hitting all the points like I rehearsed yeah. like, in high school. Like, yeah. And yeah. So this time I was like, Penny, it's time to record our episode. I wanted to give it justice because I was like, Pet- the people deserve to hear from Penny. Um, like the people deserve to hear Penny. Mm-hmm. And I need to be in a better podcasting place to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, set it up. I'm but on top of that this time I was like okay Penny you're just gonna come over and I'm not gonna tell you what it's about so Penny has no clue what questions I'm gonna ask but that's just like every time we hang out we're always just like we should be recording this right now it's true so I'm sure we were driving in the car to Ohio once blasting (laughs) I don't know Avril Lavigne and you're like should I start recording Traffic noises and my air conditioning. What were going we talking on. about? We were talking about chosen sobriety because I had oh, gone yeah. out the night before and these knuckleheads were like, Why are you drinking? And I was like, Why are you drinking? Why are you drinking? Like, yeah. Like, not in a judgmental way, but like, I think some people don't stop and ask themselves that. Yeah. I was like, I'm not drinking because today I don't feel like it. Yeah. We should. Okay. Yeah. We should definitely talk about that. But first, I do want to talk about Yoni Circle because I think that that's a cool foundation for both of us. Because the more I learn about you and the more I continue to like work on my podcast, the more I'm just like, oh, yeah, Yoni Circle for both of us was kind of like this good like meaningful place for us and it's cool that we like became friends through that experience and penny was a salonier at yoni circle yes could you tell people what that means and just like a little overview yes. of what yes yes it's hard to give a little overview of what yeah. circle is because i feel like often when i describe it to people it takes a while for me to describe it and i think it doesn't even maybe share an accurate representation of what the community is but I met a friend who invited me to my first Yoni Circle. It was an in-person experience where I was living in Venice at the time and women would go over uh, to the founder's house and she had this room that we called the salon and she would lead this storytelling experience with, you know, we would go around and do introductions and she would do a meditation and then we would all share stories around a theme for the night, which would be like bravery, freedom, trust. And it was such a special place. I was really shy at the time that I first went. And I was connecting with women who were from Los Angeles, living in in Los Angeles, and sharing stories around really meaningful things in a really safe place. And it was the kind of environment where the people who showed up were open-minded and were able to be vulnerable so I could share things that I wasn't sharing in other spaces. And it was always a rule that was shared in circle. You know, we take the stories with us and we're leaving the names behind. So it was anonymous, but it was really empowering to me beyond just like making friends was that 
for the first time, I really felt like when it was my turn to share a story that people were listening with their full attention. And I, you know, like had the invisible microphone for four minutes while I shared something deeply personal and would get feedback later that someone who was there that evening would tell me that they connected with my story, that they related to it, had a similar experience, were inspired by it, et cetera. And so I kept going because I felt empowered sharing stories and connecting with other people. And then this- Aren't you a projector? Uh, Do you know manifest? I mean, human design? No. Okay. <laughs> to me, a projector sounds like a bad thing. Like no, I'm projecting no, no. things onto you. No, 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 it's not. I, I think we did have a conversation once and we like looked it up and you were a projector, but it's just human remember. design stuff. Maybe. Anyways, what is what projectors? The way that like human design works is like it's it kind of helps you understand your energy, okay, and how to use it, and like how you receive energy, and also how you give energy. And so projectors, the way that their energy works is basically they absorb everything around them in a way that they're able to like observe things from a really high level and because they have this wisdom that comes from this like really like cool skill of observing the world around them they also have a way of like projecting those learnings and experiences out back into the world so like the projector has a way of receiving people's energy around them but then also like projecting it back through like their own filter of understanding like a bigger thing. And because of that, projectors have this wisdom in them that they want to share with the world that a lot of times people aren't necessarily ready to receive it because maybe they haven't like, they don't have the same wisdom Mm -hmm. that projectors do. And so if you project something onto them, that you observe and they're not in like a place to receive it they could like I don't know there's just like lots of different ways that it works but um, and me on the other hand like I'm a manifesting generator and I just have like a lot of energy to start projects and like that's how my energy works like it comes to me and I like I'm just like oh yeah I should do this thing I should do this thing and like projectors are more like observe like sit still and observe and like mm-hmm. gain wisdom and that's how you like use your energy and learn from your energy. Whereas for me, I get it from like on the go questions and like, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. So Uni Circle makes sense why it would be a really great healing space for you to like tell your stories because you have this wisdom in a way that you can like, I don't know, tell yes. stories. So eventually when the in-person experience turned into an app where women all over the world could join video calls and have these intimate circles together. It was capped at six people on the app and they were hour-long video calls. And so I became a salonier for that experience. So I was leading meditations and suggesting storytelling prompts. And usually I would go into the call knowing what I wanted to talk about that day or having an idea just based on intuitively how I was feeling. But I would tap into the energy at the start of circle when we were doing introductions and see you know okay maybe today is more of a day for a joyful playful prompt or it seems like a lot of us have this theme of letting go and embracing change happening right now so I'm going to go in that direction and pick a 
topic like that and then would you know open up that type of storytelling for the hour Mm -hmm. yeah it's so cool being in spaces like that because most of my listeners are a lot of them are interested in like mormon stuff and like every week at church we would have this thing called relief society and basically it's like an hour-long meeting just for the women to like sit and like talk about things and it was always one of like the like most treasured experiences that I had from my childhood like being able to just sit in a room full of powerful women like every week and everyone gets to talk and share stories and like exchange spiritual experiences basically is the vibe of it and so then when I decided to like leave the church I was really sad at the idea of giving that up because like being around women and hearing women's stories is something that like energizes me and it empowers me and it teaches me so much about the world and people and so Yoni Circle when I like found it I like started working for them doing like their social media or something but when I learned about Yoni Circle I was like wait this sounds a lot like the Relief Society like ladies just get together and like tell stories about like a certain topic and the first circle that I did I was just like it was so powerful and exactly what I wanted and needed like this community place where we like build on each other's stories and yeah it expanded out into the app and you even like went on a trip to Nicaragua and like yeah I I made a friend named Maddie Carla on Yoni Circle almost two years ago she would come to my my circles and we would video call and share stories Mm -hmm. for months and a year and a half after we first connected I went to Nicaragua on a surf trip and of course reached out to her and met up with her we ended up traveling together for like 14 days or something and I never met I knew that we would have fun and get along well and be friends but I never like even thought how deep of a friendship I would have with her mm-hmm. when we got there but I think it's because our friendship was based on you know sharing really intimate stories and like relating to each other and I don't know like it was she's a soul sister yeah because we had that same mm-hmm. experience what kind of stories do people tell Oh, everything. Because, like, it could be something from age six. It could be something from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it always has to have a beginning, middle, and end. But it it could be anything. I've told silly, whimsical stories. And I've told really deep, like, tearful stories. Did you have a favorite prompt? My first one was bravery. And so I remember that circle very well. I think letting go was always a popular prompt because I think at all stages in life, it's all we have to do is just let go. And it's so challenging. So I think that that one is a prompt that was connecting people. Yeah. Anyway, so that's how we met. (laughs) That's our origin story. And then we, yeah, we hung out on New Year's Eve and I was like, both of us were just like we should hang out somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we did and yeah 
what was we went to Ojai. We did mushrooms <laughs> at oh, the yeah. beach. That was chaotic <laughs> and fun. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so Penny was one of my first friends in LA and also just one of my dearest friends in LA. Yeah. And every time we get together, I'm just like, yeah, you have so much to say and like so many beautiful things that people can learn from you from. Thank you. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything that is on your mind right now? Well, when you were just celebrating me as a friend, I was just thinking about how when I traveled this summer, I couldn't have done it without you because you were like holding up the fort at my apartment when I had subletters and Kaylee was dropping off my rent check <laughs> and making sure that everything was okay at the apartment. I went to Nicaragua for two months and then Costa Rica for a week and a half at the tail end of that on this trip of a lifetime, I guess. I'd never solo traveled before like that. I barely left the country, honestly, except for a few trips growing up with my family where we were vacationing. Mm -hmm. And I barely left LA in five years for more than a few days. The longest was two weeks and that was four years in being here. So it was a big leap of faith, but I felt in my heart I needed to do it. And I was looking for subletters to cover my finances, pay for rent and utilities while I was gone. And I knew that it would work, you know, work out perfectly. But the day came where it was time for me to get on my flight and leave for two months. I gave Kaylee the keys to my apartment and my monthly rent checks and was like, whoever's going to move in here, like they're going to be perfect and you'll hand off the keys and it'll go great. And it was, I left May 31st and flew to Costa Rica, stayed the night next morning, crossed the border to Nicaragua. And then that was June 1st. And I had two people reach out to me. We FaceTimed, one moved in for June, one moved in for July. The switch off went as smooth as it could have. I came back to my apartment early August and it was like, as if I never left. The funny thing, though, like one thing I noticed was that I had like a blue lighter on my coffee table, like a little big lighter, and it had been replaced with a red one. And other than that, it was like, I just was coming yeah. home to the apartment that I had left. Yeah. Forgot where I put a few things. But <laughs> I think, oh, well, and that was the first episode that we tried to record because yeah. so... Penny and I connected mainly about our love for LA, I feel like. Like, yeah. I think both of us were just like, we live here. And like, this is really cool. Yeah. Like, we live in LA. And like, every time we would get together and do stuff, I think both of us were just kind of like, this is so perfect and so amazing that we mm. live in this city right now. And we're like having so much fun. And, like, for me, I have a really, like, <laughs> like, I graduated high school 10 years ago and, like, never looked back. I was like, I'm never going back to Arizona, mm -hmm. like, ever again. Like, that place is not my home, you know? And I've spent the last 10 years, like, trying to figure out where that is. And like I lived in Salt Lake for like six years. And even though I loved it, I was like, this isn't my home. And then when I came to LA, I was like, I think this is my home. 
Like, I think these are right people. And I was able to have those conversations with Penny and, and you kind of felt similar. You were like, yeah, this is my home. These are my people. And so we sat down to try and record a podcast episode about home and just what it means to like build your home wherever you are and like the people. And it for some reason, that podcast episode wasn't working. But now that I'm looking back on it, I feel like it was maybe... Because both you and I over the last like few months have had this realization that like, yes, we love LA so much and it is home, but like there are other places that can be home too. And like yeah. when you came back from Nicaragua, I was just like, like you, I saw it in you. You were like, I need to go travel more. Like I love LA, but like yeah. I need to go travel more. What has that process over the last like six months like looked like for you? So six months was what, April? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't even remember April. Gosh, I haven't even gone on my trip yet. I was away for 66 days. It felt like five months. It was two. I came back early August. It was a funky first four weeks because the first week I came back, I was back and running, like back in the LA life, going to events, you know, hopping back into like the work that I thought I wanted to be doing. And then I just realized like, oh, I've changed and this place hasn't. So just kind of in like, kind of in that, I feel like I've retreated more mm -hmm. and I like that for now. So being away, I was very extroverted. I went to a foreign country by myself and didn't see the face of a person I'd ever met before for over two months. So you could say I really had to like put myself out there, make new friends. I did. And just always be adapting, talking to strangers. So coming back here, I live alone. I have a very comfortable, safe apartment. And it's really nice to just retreat and process and integrate instead of just throwing myself back out into into socializing again yeah. I still socialize but I don't know so you grew up near Philly yeah I grew up right outside of Philadelphia and it's called the main line was the area I grew up in and I lived there for 18 years and then a few weeks after my 18th birthday I moved to Boston and I was there for about two and a half years I was in school I studied photography and acting I didn't graduate I ended up taking a leave of absence that was I never went back so yeah. I dropped out and ended up in Los Angeles and then I live here now <laughs> Yeah. What was that like coming to LA for the first time? So I actually, the first time I was in LA was actually right when I turned 18. It was the summer after I graduated high school. I went to Los Angeles on vacation with my family. It was my first time here. And we stayed in Santa Monica and I went to Venice and I fell in love with Venice. It's changed so much. I still consider it a home. Um, what did you love about Venice? It just had so much personality. It was a place full of misfits. It was, you know, not as like clean and well-kept as the rest of LA, at least at the time I went. So what actually happened was I was on family vacation. I woke up early because I'm a very early riser. 
And I just like needed some space from the family. Um, and so I took a bike from the hotel we were staying at and just rode down the bike path and kept going and kept going. And, you know, if you start in Santa Monica and go south, you go through Venice and suddenly I was on the boardwalk and I just got to the skate park. So of course I'd pull over my bike, lock it, and I just stand there in awe with my jaw dropped, just watching the skaters go around and around in the we call it the snake run at the Venice skate park. There's this rounded, really large bowl and was just mesmerized and felt super at home. You know, you look to the left, you see the ocean there. And it was just really, I just felt really at home there. And so then my sophomore year of college, so just less than two years after that trip, I came to LA for spring break and I was staying with a friend I met in college whose family lived here. And we went all over the city. I was here for like five days. But on the last day, of course, we went to Santa Monica and she wasn't feeling well. So she went home, but we met up with some other people from college that day. So I stuck around with the other kids and they were like, hey, we're going to walk down to Venice. And I was like, let's go. Of course, we ended up at the skate park and I just, we watched the sunset and I was like, yeah, this is home. So I came back from that spring break, got a few weeks of school left. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing this summer. I'm going to go live in LA. Mm-hmm. Found a place to live in mm-hmm. Venice, of course. Found a class that I signed up for, interned, found a job, and just made the dream work for three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And then, so that was, I would say that was 2017. That was when I started my life in LA. I bought this blue bike. I still have it in my apartment today. Don't have much use for it as I live in Hollywood now, but I hang on to it because I know one day it'll be back at the beach again. But I bought that bike my first summer and I left it in the garage of the place that I was staying in because I knew I'd be back for it and I'd be back for it soon. Didn't give it away, I didn't sell it. I was like, I still had one foot in the door. And I came back and it was, yeah, I was there that summer, went back to school for a semester left school, came to LA for a bit, and then stayed here. Started my life here. Mm -hmm. It's home. Howdy, friends. I'm interrupting your podcasting for just a second to say thank you. I genuinely would not be here without all of the amazing humans on the other side of this podcast who listen and support. And I genuinely thank you. This podcast is something that I'm so passionate about and so excited about, and I've spent a lot of time and energy trying to figure out the best way to show up with this podcast, and I'm just so grateful for the people who genuinely appreciate the content that I'm providing. All that to say that if this content is something that you appreciate and you would like to see more of, there are a few really important ways that you can support the Cowgirl in LA podcast. The two best important things that you could do are leave reviews and share. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts make it really easy to leave reviews. Typing them out really is so, so, so valuable. The second thing that you can do is sharing the podcast. So if you share that on Instagram or Twitter, or even literally like pushing the share button and like sending the link to a friend in iMessage that helps just as much. Along with rating and subscribing and everything, those two things are 
really, really helpful in just helping spread the podcast and growing it. Lastly, as a content creator, I've spent a lot of time and energy and resources helping to get this content out into the world. And if you feel so inclined to help pay any of those bills that go into the production costs, you can find a link in the show notes to my Venmo. And any donation to the cause is appreciated. I love how the people who don't feel at home in their homes come to LA to find a home. And it's mm-hmm. just a home for all of the lost kids. Yeah. And it's it's cool and fun and frustrating all at the same time. And we've had lots of conversations about this. Like, I think this is where our conversation or, around sobriety kind of stemmed from as well. Because I have an interesting relationship with alcohol in the sense that I have none. And, like, I'm just, like, trying to decide how I want to approach substances and from what angle and and it feels like in a city full of people who it's just like a normal thing for them to like consume alcohol. But we were talking about how sobriety is like becoming more normalized in LA. I think in LA it is normalized because it's a very like health center yeah. type of city. So I I know a lot of people that, you know, are just like, I don't really drink that much. I guess I would if I really felt like it but I don't that's kind of my mindset but more so here I mean traveling in Central America I was with like locals there I also was with people who were from Europe and really I mean Canada I mean all over Mm -hmm. like dozens of I met people from dozens of countries other backpackers and there's just heavy drinking cultures I realized in all these different countries Not for me personally. I guess like just personal choice, health mm-hmm. focused and whatnot. Yeah. It's like I just feel my best not participating at this point in my life. But uh I don't was there was there a question? <laughs> How do you feel like that choice has impacted your like ability or just like the people that you choose to surround yourself with in LA? Like LA is just so big and there's so many people here and so many like things to do and for me and I think maybe there's just like this perception that LA is just full of people who party all the time and like there are a lot of people that party all the time but like there's so much more to LA and the people here and like there is a large group of people that are like super like just conscious of their alcohol consumption but I think that there's a lot of like misconceptions about like what that actually means I just think that there are like from where I came from the people like are so judgmental of anybody who like drinks alcohol at all well it's you can't as a Mormon and it's just like demonized Mm. And I felt like when I moved to L.A., in order to fit in, I needed to drink. Mm -hmm. And I tried to do that, and it just, like, wasn't my vibe. And I was like, I know I'm allowed to drink, but, like, I just don't want to. Like, I don't want to. And sometimes people are like, why? Like, 
why don't you want to drink? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't want to. But I think that that's not necessarily the case of LA and that there's a, like, I just appreciate that you also have that view of like being conscious about the substances that you like take in and like just when and where and how and like sure I mean I try to be conscious just about like all the choices I make Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily ever like feel pressured to Mm -hmm. like coming to LA I never I never felt like pressured to yeah I mean there's a lot of like socializing and events and like such in LA but I don't remember how I was going to this. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, so you found the skate park. I did find the skate park. You're so like, this oh. is home. Yeah. So when I moved to Venice that my first summer in 2017, I got a skateboard. I got a skateboard that week and I remember buying it so well. I like used all my last pennies to buy this skateboard. And as soon as I stepped out of the skate shop, it was it was this old skate shop. It was on Washington. It's Maui and Sons. It's like so popular. Mm-hmm. It closed during COVID, like so many other things. But I, yeah, I stepped on it like a few steps outside the store after I bought it. And I just slipped and fell on my butt. It was the first of many falls. And currently recovering from a sprained MCL and torn meniscus. That's a whole other story. You're asking me like, tell me about the last six months. And I was like, it's so much May. I was like, oh, May, that's when I fell. (laughs) I was like, April, remember when I wasn't injured? Anyway, yeah, I fell and I I rode that skateboard. I ended up getting robbed very shortly after that. That's a whole other oh my story. Gosh. My apartment was broken into. It was just like a freak accident. I took everything. Like I put my remaining clothes in a trash bag and moved out of that place into another one. But they took that skateboard. And so, of course, I went back and I bought a different one. Mm-hmm. And then I road up and down speedway it's just this alley a block you know inland up the boardwalk in venice and yeah i taught myself to skate and i've been skating for about five years and i love it i feel so free i feel like it's the epitome of the california lifestyle i started surfing two years ago and there's just like nothing that makes me feel happier the outside and the wind and the sun and every time I talk to Penny, she's like, I need to get to the beach. I need to get oh yeah. Somewhere that I can skate. I need to get to these places. Yeah. And that's kind of what I feel like fueled your trip over the summer. Yeah. I wanted to go to Nicaragua to go surfing because I moved to Hollywood like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to live on the west side. And if you know LA, it's a very big city and it's a car city so it could take me an hour to go drive to the beach sometimes more even at I was I left at 6 30 in the morning it took me over an hour to get to Malibu last week I was in traffic at like 6 40 whatever 101 Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it can be it can be a drive to get to the ocean Mm -hmm. and I just feel right being closer there so I wanted to get better at surfing and go consistently and go in a place where there would be great waves and it would be in my backyard and I wanted to just make a lifestyle investment in myself and I thought I'd go for like seven to ten days I planned this like July 2021 I had the idea to go and I left I was there uh like June 2022 
So it was, <laughs> it was like almost a year in the making. And then it was last like February and March. I was like, what if I went for four weeks instead of one or two? And then, which is my favorite way to travel four weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I'm going to go to a place, a new place, I would rather stay there for like a month. I think it's definitely worth going for more than seven to 10 days. I mean, well, even thinking if you're flying, like it's so crazy how, I don't know. Yeah. Flying is not good for the environment. Go for a long time if you're going to go. Well, and also like when I went to Italy, there's so much to see in Italy and people would be like, yeah, I'm just going to go to Italy and just like spend a week there and go yeah. to the Colosseum and the Trevi Fountain. And I'm like, but that's not Italy. <laughs> like that yeah. is Italy. Don't get me wrong. But that's like the parts of Italy that like aren't at the top of my list. Yeah. But I never would have discovered the beauty of Italy and Italians and the culture if I hadn't been there for longer you know so anytime I like ever get a chance to travel if it's only gonna be for like a week I'm like I'd rather not like I'd rather not go I'd rather wait so I can go and spend a longer time or do something you know and then that Mm -hmm. lets to differ like well do we just spend years traveling and seeing the world and like Penny and I've been talking about this the last few months like what does that look like that we have feel so at home in LA but at the same time like having this craving to find home in other places as well and like I don't know sometimes I get a cognitive dissonance about it because I'm like I don't know. I guess I'm just, like, antsy to, like, find my place and, like, where I get in. But at the same time, I'm so curious about all of the places. And I'm like, but what if, what if I like that place, like, better? I don't know. So I just think, like, prioritizing travel, at least for me in the last few years of my life. And for me, travel hasn't even looked like like going on trips it looks more like just like living in different cities yeah I think that's for an extended period of time then yeah other people are very very comfortable like staying where they live and they go on a vacation because they want to see the sights yeah of course I stayed in Nicaragua I left for this trip in Central America with truly no agenda I could have stayed in Nicaragua I knew by the time I left, I knew I was going for two months, but I was like, I could go to Costa Rica. I could go to Panama. I could go to Ecuador. I could do whatever I want. I rented the apartment out. I set the budget. The possibilities are endless. I stayed in Nicaragua because there was just no shortage of things to do. And I like fell in love with the people there. And I like was practicing my Spanish. I taught English lessons. I was skating and surfing with like locals who lived there and that was their, you know, special spots that they grew up surfing that they were sharing with me or if I was with Maddie Carla and we were, you know, I was meeting her friends, but that's how I like to travel. Mm -hmm. It's just this authentic experience that, you know, you don't get to get unless you have the time to really sit there and Mm -hmm. get to know people. And specifically, I like to connect with people who are from there. Um, but you could also like just, you know, 
go to Nicaragua and see the cathedrals and see the pretty beaches and mm-hmm. head to the Caribbean and go home and yeah. have a nice trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw people TikTok. Like a friend, yeah. I saw TikTok the other day. This girl was like 26 and she was like asking the 30-year-olds questions, mm-hmm. like people, girls in their 30s. And one of her questions was, is it worth it to travel while you're young and broke? Mm-hmm. Or should you wait until you have money? I totally saw this. Okay. <laughs> Did you see the responses that people had? I guess the video I saw was a woman I follow responding to that. Okay. And she was like, definitely go now. Yeah. <laughs> like, go now. Well, in one of the responses that I saw, it was like a Black woman in her 30s. And she was like, she was like, there's a different vibe when you travel when you're poor than when you travel when you have uh, money. Yeah. Because when you're like young and in your 20s, or like whatever, yeah. when you're poor and like you're like scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> to go on this adventure, like you end up having a different experience yeah. because of that. Whereas when you're older and you have the resources to travel comfortably, you aren't naturally going to put yourself in certain situations that maybe you wouldn't have when you were younger. Seriously, I think, like, I made two really great friends the day... I I went surfing in this fisherman's town for 12 days. I found it on a map. I knew nothing about it, but my heart was like, go here. So I went there, I showed up, didn't know how long I'd stay. And it was this little, little town, like, no ATM, like, you know it's just like no real like there's no grocery store mm-hmm. and I went to this I imagine that would probably be uncomfortable for someone with a large budget yeah. who's used to like going to restaurants and stuff yeah. or like you know and I don't know like my mom like drinks Starbucks every day I don't think she would fare very well there but I stayed in a like a dorm with no air conditioning I think there were like eight beds and I was in a bunk and like the second I walked in the room, I met these two guys, it was a co-ed dorm and they became my instant friends. We were friends. They left the same day I did 12 days later. And like, I wouldn't have had that experience if I had been, you know, staying in like a one bedroom Airbnb somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the biggest expense I made was like a, I took a taxi ride from Managua to uh, this place, Madeiras, where I nearly, I had an encounter with a scorpion. That was a little scary. Ooh. But I probably, I also probably would have stayed in that place if I was yeah. like at the nice yeah. resort, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was a really, really cool place and it was, it was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think that hearing about your travels is always so great and I am just like proud to see you prioritizing your happiness and adventure because that's something that's really important to you but also like I I watch you enjoy these things in a way that like it brings you life and I that like I wish that more people would have maybe the courage to go on adventures and do things like that do you have any like advice or words of wisdom to people who are maybe like afraid yeah to jump outside of their comfort zone I would absolutely love to see people 
taking that leap and exercising their courage to. Different people have different comfort zones. And so even just going on a trip to like the next city for a weekend can be really, really great. I moved to LA by myself. Like I told you, I got robs. Like it, it really forces you to kind of adapt. And so you don't need to go to another country where they speak a different language and be participating in dangerous adventure sports. I was out there surfing in seven foot waves, like not safe. I, I will also add that I went on this trip two weeks after this very bad skateboarding injury. I was like, nothing will stop me. Now I'm in physical therapy. Anyway, it's healing. It's fine. But you don't need to do anything like entirely wild and and crazy. That would be a huge adjustment right off the bat. But to just pick yourself up and place yourself in a new environment temporarily where it forces you to adapt and use different parts of your brain and you might not like it, you might like it. But if you, let's say you live in the United States and you just go to a different town or a different city, you know that there's, you know, you can find your same foods at the grocery store. You have cell service, you have Wi-Fi, Uber. Like when I moved to LA, I had all of those things. So at least I had that. There were times when I was away. I, I'm like, I had such a great time, but it was not all fun and comfy like it was really challenging and I called you mm-hmm. once and was like I'm so homesick mm-hmm. I never thought I would have gotten homesick because as a kid I would go to summer camp for six weeks mm-hmm. and I never looked back I was just so present there but even at summer camp I was comfortable because I was sleeping in the same bed every night I saw the same people every year and I think this was the biggest thing of comfort. I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner at the same time every day and someone else prepared it for me when I was at summer camp. I think that that was it. It mm-hmm. was like, all I have to do is wake up and have my frosted mini wheats. Mm-hmm. And then for lunch, I have my french fries and mm-hmm. whatever. And then for dinner, I hit up the salad bar mm-hmm. and it's all prepared for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to figure out where what to eat there and everything but yeah it 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 is challenging that's the fun of it and it was uncomfortable for sure I had so many bug bites and was sweaty and was alone and it was it was really challenging and you know I was so excited to come back and now I can't wait to go to go back again yeah and I think that's the thing at least for me like if I'm or at least when I was trying to figure out how adventurous I wanted to be at various like adventures that I've chosen Mm -hmm. to go on the thing that I always just like fell back on was like home will always be there yeah like you can always just like go turn around and go back yeah like nothing is permanent and like I think there's a lot of people that I know who are maybe scared to like leave their comfort zone. Mm. But for me, whenever I've made the effort to adventure out and learn from people who aren't like me or learn new languages Mm -hmm. and cultures and just like be curious about the world and like ask people questions, 
it always ends up being just like the most magical thing. And I don't know, I recognize that in you as well. And I think people are inspired by that. I'm inspired by that. Yeah. But also, yeah, I think with the courage it takes, I think the biggest fear is the fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And I know, I imagine like, either because people were asking me this before I left, having like secondhand fear for me, or if someone else I know is interested in like, starting a new beginning or or traveling somewhere and they're sharing their fears with me it's like what if something goes wrong and it's like oh it will Mm -hmm. it will yeah and you will figure it out you will cry it will I moved to LA (laughs) I was robbed I was hit by a car okay like and I was fine in fact it taught me who my real friends were (laughs) it taught me that things are just things and they're replaceable it was like it, it it's you know it things will be hard and that's probably why I traveled I was like I was too comfortable in Los Angeles I didn't like that I was afraid to leave the city I thought I would be missing out I would be afraid if I went and visited my family in Philadelphia for a week because I bought an avocado at the store and I didn't have time to eat it and no one was gonna get to eat it and that made me sad yeah <laughs> so it's it's not yeah easy I couldn't have done it years ago there's like a story I have with those same two guys I met in that dorm room in that fisherman's town like you know you couldn't really go out to eat I was staying at this hostel that provided breakfast and dinner so probably that's why I stayed there for 12 days I was like I love this but for lunch we were on our own and so you'd probably like buy wonder bread at the store I remember I was eating like rice cakes and peanut butter that I brought from like you know, they were in my backpack from the town I was in before, but these, these two guys from, they were from Germany and Ukraine. They invited me to lunch and we walked down the street and you would just knock on someone's door and be like, can you make lunch for us? Like the locals. And it was a fisherman's village. And so these, this family went into like their whatever freezer and brought out a bowl of these raw fish. And an hour and a half later, it took forever. They brought out this huge fish on a plate and it had a face. And like, I was a vegetarian for six years and like I struggled with an eating disorder. And so just imagining my teenage self being in Nicaragua for two months by myself, living in like a bunk bed and with like these two guys that I just met eating this. I'm like, I, I couldn't have done that years ago. It just, that's why I travel. It's because I, you have, like, it you're was like delicious. Forced, well, and you're also forced to, like, let go. let go of control. Oh, yeah. And, like, for me, whenever I feel afraid to, like, do anything or afraid to leave my comfort zone, the root of it is fear of, like, losing control. Hmm. And I think traveling forces you yeah to do that but in the most magical way because usually when I travel most of the time not all the time (laughs) like being able to let go of the idea that you had in your head of how something is supposed to go oh yeah allows magic to come in and like make it an experience that you wouldn't have been able to dream up you know, oh, and yeah. I've seen that time and time again. And I 
have stories upon stories of like examples where I'm just like oh yeah if I just like let go (laughs) something it's likely that something (laughs) will happen that's maybe a little bit better than I even imagined always but it can be hard to like let go of that control especially as someone I'm very much a control freak and I love to to, like Mm -hmm. have my control but I think traveling is a good way to practice letting go because like you said when you're in situations like that where you're just like I don't have food (laughs) what am I gonna do about this well it was delicious as well and I made a connection with those friends yeah you know I was like I would have hated to have said no and then missed out we Mm -hmm. sat there for an hour and a half talking Mm -hmm. I don't know to some yeah when you just let go you invite the universe to like work its magic instead of forcing the thing that your yeah. small found imagination wants. Yeah. Just, I mean, living in LA for this three years and traveling this summer, like I couldn't have made up the things that happened, good and bad. Yeah. I mean, you can't, but it's just been such an adventure. So I'm just grateful that I've taken leaps and evolved. Yeah. And traveling's temporary, so it's that same thing. You know, you're releasing control, but, like, you have always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, for me, I've started to realize that, like, I am home. Yeah. And, like, the spaces that I'm in, like, I can turn anywhere into, like, home if I actively and, like, consciously deciding that. Yeah, I would like to be able to be happy anywhere, which is part of why I was, you know, hopping around. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think, yeah, LA is just silly because I think we've all decided to, like, leave our homes and come and make our home in this city. But for me, I've also been thinking recently just about, like, what traveling for the last 10 years and not going back to like Arizona and like my roots like the things that I have missed out on sometimes I think I use traveling to run away from my problems which is maybe the toxic side of traveling for me Hmm. I think sometimes like just thinking about the other side of the coin you know yeah and recently I've been Like, it's weird just being like, oh my gosh, I've been traveling for 10 years away from home. And then I'll go home and I'm just like, what? Like, it just feels like literally, it feels like I'm time traveling sometimes when I like go to all these places that are meaningful to me. Like, as much as I love the travels that I've been on in the last 10 years, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm turning 30 in a few years. That I'm just, like, ready to, like, slow down and, like, build something that is mine, you know? And I think, I mean, I think traveling has helped me understand what it is that I want to build. But, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where we head next. Like, you're talking about going on a bunch of travels. Yeah. And I'm, like, talking about building a tiny house on the ranch mm-hmm. and like you know the possibilities are so endless 
Yeah. If you let them be. If you let them. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice or if you had a microphone that was like the whole entire world was able to hear it? No pressure though. No pressure. <laughs> what What's something that you would say? I would just encourage others to be courageous and not just accept what's handed to them because you can have so much better than what's handed to you. I don't know. Yeah. If you have the courage to make changes, like you're capable of anything. <laughs> awesome. And I agree. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Power Girl in LA. I hope you have a good week and I hope everyone has a good week. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.